Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. The disciples were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even wind and sea obey him? very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this the third Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. 
Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty God, you have broken the tyranny of sin and have sent the Spirit of your Son into our hearts, whereby we call you Father. Give us grace to dedicate our freedom to your service, that we and all creation may be brought to the glorious liberty of the children of God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from the book of Job, chapter 38, beginning at verse 1. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed bounds for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Working together with Christ, we entreat you not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, At the acceptable time I have listened to you and helped you on the day of salvation. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry, but as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, 
beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labours, watching, hunger. By purity, knowledge, forbearance, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honour and dishonour, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, and yet we are true, as unknown, and yet well known, as dying, and behold we live, as punished, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Our mouth is open to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great storm of wind arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. 
He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even wind and sea obey him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever noticed how very odd the Gospel story of Jesus stilling the storm which we heard a moment ago, actually is. In saying this, I'm not making the glaringly obvious point that for any individual to stand up and rebuke a storm and for the storm to obey and subside is pretty weird. No, I'm talking about something else altogether. And this is significant because if ever the details of a particular gospel narrative seem a bit strange, that is usually a sign that there is rather more going on in the story than first meets the eye. So we need to look at our text a bit more closely. Jesus has asked the disciples to cross the Sea of Galilee with him by boat. And after they have set off, a tremendous storm suddenly arises. Now, until I actually went to Galilee myself and made that same crossing by boat, I didn't appreciate quite how true to life that part of the story is. As those of you who have been there will know, the Sea of Galilee is a massive inland sea measuring 21 kilometres from north to south and 12 kilometres across. And because it's situated at the top of a geographical wind tunnel, it is notorious for its sudden storms that can be whipped up in seconds. The waves driven against one shore bounce back to collide with those coming in, and the results can be absolutely terrifying if you are caught out in the open water miles from dry land. So... Picture the scene in our gospel story. The disciples are out at sea. There is a terrible storm and the waves beat into the boat so violently that it's being swamped and in danger of sinking. And what is Jesus doing while all of this is going on? The noise and the terror and the turmoil and the water hurling the boat around and engulfing it with water. What is Jesus doing? He's lying on a cushion in the stern of the boat, asleep. Asleep. How could anybody possibly sleep through an experience like that. Very peculiar. And notice also what happens next. The disciples wake Jesus up and say to him, and this too is rather odd, teacher, do you not care if we perish? Teacher, do you not care if we perish? And in response, Jesus wakes up, rebukes the storm and the sea, and then says to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Okay, let's now see how good your knowledge of the Old Testament is. Where in the Old Testament do we find a story about a boat journey in which there is a terrible storm, so dreadful that the boat is about to sink, but the main character in the story is fast asleep below decks. And the captain of the boat comes and wakes him up saying, what are you doing? Sound asleep. Get up. Call upon your God. Perhaps he will spare us a thought so we do not perish. Answer, the book of Jonah. In other words, when Mark tells us this miracle story, he is doing so in a way that deliberately echoes the story of Jonah. 
because he wants us to make a connection between them. And in doing so, he is in the process inviting us to confront a truth that is so startling and so profound that it is positively terrifying. Because in the Jonah story, it is Almighty God who stills the storm and saves the sailors from perishing. In our Gospel reading, it is Jesus. In telling the story as he does, Mark communicates that astonishing truth to us, and he does so in the most powerful and disarming of ways. No wonder that the disciples are so utterly awestruck that all that they can say is, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, the interesting thing is that although Mark certainly wants us to make a connection between the stories of Jesus and Jonah, both fast asleep in boats that are about to sink in terrible storms, in fact, it would seem that it is the contrasts rather than the similarities in their two stories that he really wants us to notice. We've already seen one of them. Here is another. If you think back to the story of Jonah, you may remember that the reason why Jonah was on board ship in the first place was because he was trying to escape. God had ordered him to go to Nineveh to call the people of that city to repentance. But Jonah had responded by fleeing as fast as possible in the opposite direction, which is why God intervenes by sending the storm. In other words, the storm that was overwhelming Jonah's boat was a direct consequence of him trying to escape his destiny. We are seeing what happens to a man who is desperately trying to flee from his vocation. And he's trying to flee because the challenge was just too difficult and he couldn't face it. But as a result, he runs into an even worse kind of turbulence. And therein lies a truth that affects all of us. Because God has specific tasks that he is entrusting to each one of us, some of which will not be of our choosing. Indeed, some of which may hold great fears for us. And although he may call us way out of our comfort zones to do his work, the consequences of ignoring that call can also have a hefty price tag attached. Above all, it really can cost us our inner peace. There are different kinds of turbulence, not just the sort that you encounter in a boat at sea. I once had a parishioner who had a very lucrative job at the top of a major corporation, but who never seemed very happy or at ease with himself. One day he let slip to me that actually the one thing he had always wanted to do with his life was to work with his hands, building cellos. But his career and his mortgage and his comfortable lifestyle and the expectations of his family made it simply too hard for him to face giving up his lucrative career to follow what he believed was his true vocation. As a result, his life was pretty miserable and it was very turbulent. Because in, although in one sense he had everything he could possibly wish for, the one thing that he lacked was inner peace. And sadly, that was eventually to cost him a great deal, including ultimately his marriage. In Jonah, we see a man trying to escape his calling. By contrast, in Jesus, we see a man who embraces his vocation and his destiny, and who does so wholeheartedly, to the point where ultimately it is to cost him his life. There are, of course, times when we see Jesus struggling with that destiny, most obviously in the Garden of Gethsemane. But at no point do we ever see in him 
any of that profound dis-ease and lack of inner peace that is the hallmark of a life lived at odds with God's will rather than in accordance with it. Responding to God's call is not always easy. It will sometimes require hard things of us. It may sometimes leave us struggling with apparently thankless tasks. It may require profound sacrifices of us. But although the acceptance of our true calling may bring challenges, it ultimately is the one thing that will also bring us peace. Jesus says to his terrified disciples on the boat on the sea, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? There are times when we really do have to learn to stop being quite so fearful, to surrender our lives to God in faithfulness and integrity of heart, because if we do, in his mysterious and unfathomable way, he really will heal our wounds and make our lives complete in ways that we cannot begin to imagine. As St. Augustine famously prayed to God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, we come together this morning to pray for ourselves, one another, and your church across the world. We pray for Justin, our Archbishop, Sarah, our Bishop, and all who lead your church in England, that they may have the strength and wisdom to guide and lead us. We pray for your church and people in North India, and for Prem Chad Singh, moderator and Bishop of Jabalapur. We give thanks for Alison, our Rector, Jeff, our Associate Priest, and all who work so hard to ensure that anyone who visits St Brides or worships with us online can feel you at work in their lives. We pray especially this morning for all those who have been ordained deacon or priest this week. May they take your word and love out into the world and have the courage and enthusiasm to share their faith with all they meet. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. Lord of peace, we pray for all our world leaders and for those in positions of authority. Grant them the wisdom and courage to make bold decisions for the good of all their people. Grant peace to all those who live under the threat of violence and war. And may the voice of hatred be drowned out by the voice of love. And may our voices echo those of your Son, and that we may reach out with compassion and healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, whose Son became a refugee, and had no place to call his own. Look with mercy on those who today are fleeing from danger, homeless and hungry. Bless those who work to bring them to safety. Inspire generosity and compassion in all our hearts and guide the nations of the world towards the day that when we will all be able to live free in justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you entrusted your son Jesus to the care of Joseph, an earthly father. We pray today that you will bless all fathers as they care for their families. Give them the strength and wisdom, love and patience to care for and protect their children and partners. May they inspire those they care for to grow up to be strong, loving members of your family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort all those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill the strength to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit, grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and that have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your love and support. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the, the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. O God, whose beauty is beyond our imagining and whose power we cannot comprehend, show us your glory as far as we can grasp it and shield us from knowing more than we can bear until we may look upon you without fear, through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.